Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager here at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57, and I still haven't been banned by the Twitter overlords yet, so that's pretty great. Uh, got my usual crew with me as we're going to look ahead a little bit to the Blackhawks uh, trade deadline and everything that's going to happen in the next few weeks now that we know who the GM is and have an idea or are about to find out pretty quickly where this franchise is heading. So I'm going to bring in all my usual line mates who have assembled with me this evening. Up first, the analytics starling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Shepard Price. It is Shepard Price. Hi. Uh, it technically be intergender wrestling, but I will wrestle Seth Rollins if nobody, if literally nobody else will at WrestleMania. I don't know what's happening. He is one of the most talented wrestlers in the world, and he has nothing going on for the biggest show. Like, why even have two nights? What are we, what are we doing? I, I forget he's. I forget Seth Rollins is a thing because of that's uh, it's it's in that other league that I I I haven't even watched. I figured we were. I figured you were going to lead off with something related to Revolution on Sunday night, and I'm almost disappointed that you started talking about I, WWE. Who cares? Okay, they bid my boy Keith bad, and then then Hangman got a good defense. That was that's like oh good, uh, but like yeah, Seth Seth's like arguably the most famous Bears fan in wrestling. What are we doing? Well, that just means he's sad. <laughs> yeah. He tweets, he tweets, I hate football every week in, 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 in November. Oh. oh, and I, I think there's another person uh, somewhat related to that world who probably hates hockey a lot right now. And speaking of that, let's bring in another one of the line mates this evening because he is the second city hockey what Davey Havoc is to AFI. It is, he's on Twitter at Mill182. It's Mill Savage. And I do have some baggy white gym shorts on right now. So beautiful, beautiful callback the other night. Um, so just so everyone knows, no worries. There will no be, not be baseball, but there will be WWE this summer. <laughs> so uh, we're all okay. Um, it's, it's fine. And um, baseball is canceled. So uh, I'm looking forward to baseball too. I, uh, yeah, but don't, don't watch WWE. Watch AEW if you, if you know it's good for you. I, I mean, I watch everything, so I, I don't want to talk about baseball too much because I'm I, well, first of all, they're not playing. So there's nothing to talk about. But also, like, I'm sad. We I'm there, been and, our year. And, yeah. Shay's right there with me. Like we are we've been waiting. This is part of the reason with rebuilds and is, is adding into my anti rebuild stance is that 
Uh, I waited five years for the White Sox and to be what they are right now. And now I'm like, I'm not getting to fucking see them because billionaires are being just the worst type of people. So I'm just, uh, just the Sox are going to get 94 again, aren't they? I think so. Well, all right. It's, it's, it, maybe it's too early in the game to be this pessimistic, but I just, it, it seems like every night I, I go to bed and the last thing I see is, oh, they're getting really close. Maybe when you wake up, they'll have an agreement. And then I wake up and they're really far apart. So I, I don't know. I was just looking really forward to going to Sox games as an indifferent viewer and going to their new sports book and betting first five innings <laughs> and then just having a beer at the bar that has uh, everything. I was just looking forward to, Pull a sausage with onions and mustard, but but I can't have that, can I? We can't have anything nice here. Can't have anything City. nice. Also with us this evening, she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. You cannot find her on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It's Betsy. I can't contribute anything to baseball conversations. I just find it boring. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can't help you there. Uh, and also they're they're. I think part of what they're arguing about is trying to find ways to change the game to make it less boring. But uh, instead, they're just settling for no games at all. So I, I, does, I don't know. How does the like contract situation work in baseball if there's a lockout? Uh, like, I, I, I imagine they don't get paid, right? No, yeah, but like uh, does it count as a year or oh yeah well like and, and like i guess with them and having the the service time thing which is really big with chris bryant and then they never even used the service time year that they saved um and it's like the nhl equivalent of an entry-level contract like i i have no idea how that all works to be honest yeah it's like the nine games kind of yeah like oh yeah like every every sport i feel like now uh of the, like the four major american professional sports all of their salary structures are so unique that you have to be so, so uh, deeply into them to fully grasp all of them. Like I feel I've gotten a pretty decent on the hockey stuff because I write about it, but for NFL, NBA and MLB, no fucking idea at all. Also, that was the biggest joke ever, because if you've ever seen Chris Bryant, especially back then, there's no way he should have been in AAA. (laughs) He is a very large adult (laughs) who can hit balls. I'm I'm glad I'm glad the I'm glad the Cubs owner saved all that money so they could send him to wherever the fuck he ended up. <laughs> well, he's not even signed right now. No, I don't. Think. Wait, no, I don't. No, uh, I, I, he yeah. went to San, San Francisco and then that was like you know whatever. All right. Well, we're dangerously close to turning this into a baseball podcast, so let's bring this back Ooh. to the sport, which is the reason we've all assembled uh, with the now offensive dynamo that is the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean. Eight goals on Tuesday night against the Anaheim Ducks. Apparently, if the Hawks played the Ducks 82 times a season, they would just be uh, – they'd be 82-0. and 0. They'd be the best team in NHL history. It'd be the 1980s. It'd be the 1980s all over again. And I think they have another game against the Ducks coming up in a few weeks. That one's in Anaheim, so we'll see if that offense travels there. But, uh, yeah, t- Tuesday night's game was quite the – quite the entertaining game. Like, and uh, they had the eight goal outburst against, I think the devils a little bit ago. So, uh, you know, we're, we know where we are. We know the Hawks aren't going anywhere, but at least they've, uh, they've provided us with some level of entertainment in the last few weeks. But as I mentioned at the top, we want to look ahead a little bit to the NHL trade deadline. We're recording this on Wednesday night, March 9th. The trade deadline is Monday, March 20th. 
or excuse me, Monday, March 21st, if I can do math correctly or read a calendar, either of those things would help in this situation. But uh, now that again, as uh, Kyle Davidson's been named the GM, so we, we know we know who's in charge now, finally, and we assume any reins that might have been in place while he was the interim GM have been fully removed. So we just were going to take a flight down the Blackhawks roster, mainly look at the guys with expiring contracts and see where the uh, where the conversation goes, because I imagine that's going to be the primary focus um, of, of the Blackhawks next week is figuring out which guys with expiring contracts are on their way out of town and which ones are going to stay and maybe be back next season. So I'm going to start this one with Mill because we usually save him for last. So we're going to let him go first this week. And the player we're going to start with is a player that has been a hot topic of conversation in the city of Chicago. And that is Dylan Strom, given how on fire he has been for the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Mill, I just what, what are your your thoughts on Dylan Strom's future with regards to the upcoming trade deadline? Well, I just want to start by saying that last night, uh, Nick Schmaltz also had four points, <laughs> uh, two, two goals and two assists on his end in a nine goal uh, Coyotes effort. So uh, with that out of the way. So does that um, mean the Blackhawks lo- are losing the trade again? Uh, it's kind of like looking through the mirror, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very yeah. Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you, here's the thing. I'm a I'm a Dylan Strom fan as a, as him as a player, and I think that he's been grossly under underutilized and just used incorrectly uh, for the past couple of years. And I think that he shows a lot of flashes of what he can provide for your team, you know, in the correct situation and all that. So I would like them. I think going forward where he's young enough, if, if they don't get a really good offer for him, I would just keep him because he's probably not going to command that huge amount of money going forward. His, his next contract would be by the, by the rules of restricted free agents. Like the, the offer they would have to tender him would be 3.6 million. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, it, it, it ain't terrible. I mean, if you look it's at where the league's yet. going and so I'm just saying, I, I think like, I wouldn't trade him for like, you know, oh, we're going to trade him for a third round pick. You know what I mean? Because that seems to be the case a lot of times uh, at these deadlines. And you know, I know a team like Edmonton might be really interested in him or somebody like that. But um, I, I think he's a good player. Uh, but I think this is where we're going to find out what Davidson's made of, you know, mm-hmm. what he thinks. So, And we're, we're going to keep going in, in the reverse order that I usually do. So we'll save Shea for the, the three hole. But Betsy, what are your thoughts on uh, on Dylan Strom and the trade deadline? Well, I've always been an unapologetic <laughs> Dylan Strom fan um, okay. to the point that, that there are people who are like, are you related to him? And it's like, no, I just I like <laughs> players that are good. And even if they're not producing sometimes, as long as like certain there are categories that like, as long as they're doing well in those, I'm like, yes, I want that. I love playmakers. Dylan Trome is one of the best playmakers I think in the league. Um, like I think he's near like probably the top, top 15, maybe like his hands are better than a lot of, a lot of people, his feet, not so much, but you know, that's okay. Um, and on top of that, he works ridiculously well with two players that currently we don't have any idea if they're, how long they're really going to be around. But right now they seem to be in the future plans, which is Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. So there's just no rush to move him. He's like Mill said, he's not going to pull in anything. Two months of good play isn't going to lift his return up to something that's actually 
valuable. And I'm sure GMs are also going, well, maybe he can only do that if he's with Kane and Dabrinkit, which might be true, but that's Chris Kunitz and he made a ridiculously good career out of that. Won a bunch of cups. So I don't know. I think they should sit on it. I have this opinion of for that, for both Strom and like Hagel, I don't think they should move them right now. I don't, I think part of Bowman's issues was timing with trades. I thought he did a poor job of timing when they should and shouldn't move guys. I should probably, I, I wish I could credit this cause I know I didn't come up with this originally, but I I've heard, heard or read somewhere the argument that, Dylan Strom's value is higher in Chicago than it is anywhere else because of the chemistry with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. And that he, there's not really, there may not be any other players in the NHL who he would have a better chemistry with. So he's, his best fit is in Chicago. And uh, because of that, like, I, I think both of you said like something along the lines of if they get a, a deal that's, you know, crazy good, take it. But I, I feel like, that that's not going to materialize. Uh, so let's throw it over to Shea, who I know among the, the group assembled here is the most pro tear everything down uh, proponent for the situation the Blackhawks are in right now. So Shea, your thoughts on Dylan Strom. Uh, Dylan Strom is good. Dylan Strom is young. Dylan Strom will be cheap on his next contract. Uh, there is no reason not to keep Dylan Strom. They're, wow. Like the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks. Even if they do tear it down, which I think again, they like. There's a lot of pieces that could be moved out for the benefit of the team. They will need players to play on this team. I think it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. I think it's dumb to trade a few players, uh, and those players are named Dylan Strome and Alex Brinkat. <laughs> and the rest can be debated. <laughs> Shay's okay. right though. We do. We they do. I should say uh, the Blackhawks need players to play on the team because they are playing games unlike baseball. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm still too upset about that to talk about it. But yes, to to Shay's point though, like I I get the uh, I I thought there would be more disagreement. Like I think the last the way that Strom has played over the last month, it seems like he has. Uh, change everyone's mind. And I think the the point I would make, if there's anybody who's still in the trade Dylan Strom camp saying that this is just a flash in the pan and this is not indicative of the player he's been for his career, I could agree to the level that he has been inconsistent. Yes. However, in his first season, I believe it was when he got traded to the Hawks, I think it was 51 points in 58 games. So this isn't the first time he's been really, really producing at a high level. So, uh, I, I think he had something like 89 in his first 120. Yeah. Yeah. So 115, something like that. And, and with uh, Strom, there's the uh, asterisk that you can apply to many players of the Blackhawks uh, present in past, I guess, is uh, how good was the coaching when he was here? And, and Strom was of all the players under Colleton's tenure that it felt like we're getting mistreated and misutilized. Dylan Strom might be at the top of that list especially with, with how often he was healthy scratched and then, and he was also hurt for a while. And I know he did, he did the COVID uh, protocol stint that everyone else did. So, um, and, but to, to everyone else's points that they made very well, that he's, he's 24, 25, just turned 25, just turned 25. He's young. He's not going to break your bank for a one-year qualifying offer. Uh, so I, I don't see why not. 
So I, I'm I'm surprised we reached a consensus that quickly. I thought it was going to be more. Uh, I thought there might be a few naysayers out of the group, but uh, it seems like everyone's pretty much on the Dylan Strome bandwagon these days. So let's go to another player, uh, a player who's trending in the 100% opposite direction, and that's Dominic Kubalik. And I'm I'm still kind of bummed at how poor his uh, sec third season in the NHL has gone. And so we're going to swing this one over to Shay and get your Dominic Kubalik thoughts. Yeah, as as one of the two certified members of Team Kubalik, it's been a rough one. Uh, I think part of the reason is like, again, he when he was at his best in that first year, he played with Jonathan Taves, and Jonathan Taves really isn't the same guy he was, um, which I think was to be expected after he missed a year. Uh, he sort of just hasn't had the same chemistry with anybody else. Um, he also seems it's it, like he weirdly seems to be shooting less and he seems to be a volume shooter when he's at his best. And like, I think he just needs to get out of town and get it to change a pace and be used by somebody properly. I can hear um, the dejection in every your, night. I can hear the dejection in your voice at the, the sad, the sadness yeah. of the realization that it's just not working out and he's probably gone. And there's not really anything that can be done about it because, it's pro sports and sometimes things happen like this. <laughs> like there's the, a lot yes. of no one else. That I, I have, I've sort of moved on to the free Philip Kurashev movement. <laughs> Stop playing him six minutes a night. Derek King, oh. you, you weird man. <laughs> um, hey, at least they didn't get any too many men penalties uh, in the last two games though. So there's that. God, Betsy, he Betsy. served them twice. It was, that was so, it was so weird. Yeah. Betsy, what about your, your, your dominant Kubelik thoughts? As the other member of team. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I thought you were the other member of this group. I just wasn't sure. So yeah, because you guys were the Godette gang, which I guess we at least, we at least <laughs> won. Hey, which collapsed almost hey, we've, immediately. We have, we've been at the bar for a while. Now you guys can come join us. Well, please, you can come please, join us after they trade them. Please pay your respects for our deceased family member. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's just run its course. I I don't think Kubelik, in addition to shooting as much, I don't think he's been shooting as well. He keeps shooting directly into goalies. <laughs> like, <laughs> like one of the things that was debated his first year here was, does he have a better shot than anybody else on the team? Is it actually better than Debrinkets or Canes? And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> the entire time but he was up there his shot was really good and this season is like when he does shoot directly into the crest or he has like so much space and he's like I'm gonna go for the pad and you're like why um (laughs) so I I don't think he's been forechecking as well I I don't know if he's just in a like overall slump and it's getting to him or what but yeah a change of scenery could be good for him I don't think the Blackhawks are going to get much for him, unfortunately, because that's the worst part. Yeah. I mean, maybe a GM will be like, yeah, maybe we can get him back to that. Like what he was before. Cause only so many players score as many goals as Kubelik did his first season here, you know? Yeah. 30, 30 goals is not a, that's not a a low bridge. Like it it takes a lot to get there, but like to, to your point, I'm looking at his stats right now. He was, a 19.1 shot percentage that season. Uh, last season, he was 10-9. This season, he's 8-9. Uh, 
So um, it's still not the greatest sample overall, but I mean, one season up near 20 and two down around 10, you're starting to see which one may have been a bit of an outlier. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I think 10's a little low for him too. Like he should probably be maybe in the 11, 12 range and get a few more goals. But um, well, part of the problem is that the Blackhawks don't have playmakers, playmakers yeah. that have chemistry with him. Uh, Kubelik scored most of his goals, like some an absurd number, like 84, 85% of them. When like his primary line was Kubelik, Taves, and Kajula. Right inside. Um, that was in the playoffs. The boy. That was in the playoffs. <laughs> in the regular season, they didn't actually play very much together. Um, but Kane and plus I'm, I'm really talking about the first season, Kane would flip up to the line for a short shift or two, and that would score. Like it would just click suddenly, but having Jonathan Taves, who's a good playmaker, Patrick Kane, who's an elite playmaker, be able to feed him constantly on a line. And that's really all he had to do. The Blackhawks don't have that depth anymore. And he just didn't click with, um, he's not clicking with Doc, who is a playmaker and Strom and him haven't been together enough because that Kubelik Strom Kurashev line was pretty, pretty decent last year. Um, or yeah. It's so it's just it hasn't worked out for for Kubelik. Mill, any other thoughts to add to the Dominic Kubelik discussion? I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that was said. I'll just throw out like again usage and line mates and all that kind of stuff plays into it, like like was previously stated. But um, I kind of just feel bad for the guy because he seems to have a little bit of something, and mm-hmm. we all saw that, and it's just kind of like. I, I, I tweeted this during the game. I said, the Hawks have one good line, but it's a pretty damn good line. And that kind of goes back to what Betsy said about playmakers. It's like they have pieces, but they can't really connect them without Kane. There you go. Uh, there's two other players I want to – I think the general consensus here is they're probably going to get moved at the deadline, so we probably don't need to debate them too much. And that's Ryan Carpenter and Calvin DeHaan. Uh, I think they're both pretty firmly in the – uh, expiring contract and some team will grab them as a veteran addition uh, and the Hawks, you know, get whatever you can for them. And any objections? Not really. The Han's <laughs> good. The Han's been good this season. Like yeah. the, the, like people, the, the teams that are on the bench or at trains probably get instead, like the Han's going to be cheaper and probably is better than bench or at, So He is better than bench or at, especially this season. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I'd rather get if I'm a team on the on on a playoff bubble, I'd rather have the Han on my third pairing than Benchera. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I I I like Calvin. Calvin seems like a cool dude. Uh, he he's a great. Uh, he follows us on Twitter, so we've always liked him for that reason, or or not at all. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it just it seems like he and Carpenter are probably on their way out, and best of luck to them going forward. Uh, one player that uh, the Blackhawks acquired during this season who is on an expiring deal and is only making 750K and probably wouldn't get too much of a raise, that's Sam Lafferty. And I am intrigued by – we're going to lead with Betsy on this one. I want your Sam Lafferty thoughts because I've, I've been more and more intrigued by him of late. I say keep him. I mean, I don't – he's what, 26? 27? Cap friendly says t- 27. Yeah, 27. Okay. Yeah. He must've. It'll, it'll turn 27 and yeah, he just, oh, turned. he just did March 6th. Yeah. I was happy, like, happy birthday, Sam. We know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like him. I don't think, 
I think um, he's a good lower line forward. Um, again, he's defensively strong. Like he's really good. Um, that was not a great sentence, but uh, it's okay. We'll edit it later. English. <laughs> English. How do you do it? Uh, I, I like him a lot. I think he drives play pretty well. Um, if you could, if you need to put together a checking line, I think he could be a really good starting point for that, especially if you're losing Carpenter, who's mm-hmm. like always been able to, and Lafferty plays both wing and center. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to have in a checking line player, especially since we've got a couple of kids that might be able to do it at whistle and a couple of others, uh, in the AHL, but you don't want them to all be like children on the line. <laughs> you want, you want some adults. You, yeah. You need, you need an adult in the room, I guess. <laughs> um, and I think he could, I, I think it's a, a good fit here at least. And yeah, I don't think he'll be expensive. Will he want to stay? Cause isn't he a UFA? Uh, he, he says RFA because I don't believe he's played enough games to earn UFA status yet. But he's 20. I, yeah, I forget. It's it's in giant red letters that I, I looked at the wrong thing. He's an unrestricted free agent. I apologize. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it depends on what he wants because uh, he would definitely be useful to like a contender. Yeah. I, I he, he seems like the kind of player that uh, if you let him – go like in a trade deadline thing. Like, I don't really know how much of a return he's going to get. Cause he's, you know, but who knows? I, I don't, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm leaning in the end of the camp that you are in Shay. What about you? <laughs> he, see, he does seem like a carpet. He, he does seem like a carpenter type. If like, you're going to get him on like a three year, $1 million contract. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, maybe I not three. Him. I, maybe not Ultimately. three years. Maybe like one or two. Make sure, make sure it's not a flash in the pan. I, okay, like an ELC type deal. I don't mind. Yeah. You can bury that contract if you need to. There you go. Like, I don't mind <laughs> yeah. giving term if it's you if it's. You should always give at least two to those types of players because then they can flip them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of teams are liking term, but like like short term you know, to be when they're flipped that way, they don't okay. have to worry about it. It's not a rental. Mill, what about you? Are you on the uh, Sam Lafferty bandwagon? Yeah, I think uh, everything you guys said is, is true. I agree with the carpenter comparison and just cheap deal. Good fourth line guy could play like a penalty kill and good, whatever good you fourth need line guy. Good in the room, you know, <laughs> but, but I think, so my only thing is I don't know with a guy like that, he might say, the Blackhawks as much of a uh, dumpster fire that the organization seems to be. The players seem to all like the organization. They get taken care of well. So he might have had a good experience and said, hey, I want to come back and whatever. But he also might say, well, fuck it. Whoever's going to give me the most money, I'm going to go there. You know, so if somebody mm-hmm. else is more willing to give him, you know, one and a quarter, he might say, well, I'm going to go to, you know, Buffalo or wherever our uh, – Oh, we better our- <laughs> it's gonna be like such a difference between coming from pittsburgh and chicago two of the ones that fan, like uh players tend to rate really highly and then you go to buffalo which is yeah no yeah, i agree i, I wouldn't but, wish that on anybody <laughs> well that happened to our uh that, like happened a threat. To, that happened to our one guy uh 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 Rosa, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like why wouldn't you just pay that guy he was pretty good when he came back yeah, not pay him, pay him, but just sign him. Like yeah. he got a million, he got a million from Buffalo. But they wanted to get 
Borkstrom and take on the giant cap hip of, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the dude we got from him, Connolly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey. Don't don't shit on my my guy Brett Connolly, <laughs> who's the same age who, who's the same age as me, but looks twice my age. I was gonna say forty five year old, thirty year old Brett Connolly. Yeah, Brett Brett Connolly seems like a guy who would have been on the team in slap shot. <laughs> that's that's a, a a painfully apt comparison. Um, all right, tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick pause right here. There's a few more players we need to get to, and including one pretty big name that didn't come up for reasons you'll see are kind of obvious, but uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side of this timeout. And we'll find out all about that. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. As promised before the break, we got a few more trade deadline candidates to dive into, including the one name that's been pretty obvious since the start of the season. But before that, let's uh, Eric Gustafson is on an expiring contract. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while. I'm actually going to look this up because I know he's been a healthy scratch for several games. Uh, which isn't going to do much for his trade value. He hasn't played since, excuse me, I almost said March 25th. That's in the future. He hasn't played since February 25th against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I don't know what the hell the Hawks can even get for him. Uh, let's, I don't even know who's up in the order. Let's, uh, let's, let's start with Shea on this round. Uh, Eric Gustafson, what you got for me? A sixth round pick could turn into Mark Stone because you know, you know what uh, turned into Mark Stone? A sixth round pick. All so, right. Uh, I would take a sixth round pick for Eric Gustafson in a heartbeat. If you know, I would take any draft pick for Eric. I, I like, I, I would rather have a draft pick than any prospect. Cause I, uh, the prospect is going to be so low on the totem pole that it, it probably wouldn't be worthwhile, but maybe as you were alleging or referencing with the Mark stone situation that maybe that, uh, Maybe the Hawks get a fifth or sixth rounder and it turned into something else. I mean, they traded Alex Karpatsev years ago and got a fourth round pick that became Nicholas Yalmerson. So mercifully to to Pat Foley's delight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also let's not speak ill of Alex Karpatsev because he's no longer with us. So we don't do that, but uh, yeah, Betsy, uh, Eric Gustafson, what you got? (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Here you go. I mean, To be fair, I think Eric Gustin has played better than, say, Caleb Jones most of the time, which is... Low bar to clear. He just needs to change his last name. If he was Eric Jones, he'd be in the lineup every night. um, Caleb Jones has one good game out of every 10. Um, Is that bad? Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good... Somebody said that in the comments, and I was like, you know what? Probably. And the the good games come when he's, like, playing very little minutes and... Paired with Kane, so it's it's quality, not quantity, with him. Is that what you're telling me? Sure. <laughs> but Eric Gustafson, I mean, I don't think they're going to move him because nobody's going to want him. Like, I think I, we say, I would love, you know, go forth and be like that extra body somewhere. But who who wants him? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think his value is certainly not anywhere near as high as it was when he was a 60 point defenseman. Although that's, I guess that's the, the thing. If, if maybe if Kyle Davidson's a really good salesman, it's like, Hey, this guy had 60 points one season. Uh, maybe someone needs a power play quarterback. Cause he, you know, he can, he can still run a point, but I, I don't know. But then you have to have him on the ice at five on five still. Uh, well, do you? <laughs> if, if you have five other really good defensemen, I mean, the Hawks won the Stanley Cup with like four and a quarter defensemen one year. So yeah, but those were yeah, th- those are four really good defensemen. Mill, uh, any other Eric Gustafson thoughts other than the heavy sigh you had in the background when I first said his name? Yeah, so their last road game before the deadlines in Minnesota. So I'm thinking they could probably say, "Hey, we're gonna leave him here after the game, and you guys just can just give us like a bucket of snow, <laughs> or or Wait, or like or Kirk Cousins. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> Kirk Jesus, or like whatever remaining roof there is from the old Vikings. I I don't care at this point. That guy sucks. <laughs> they traded him a year too late the first time when they could have got something. They still got lucky and got him out of there for something and then they brought him back so the hawks have to eat that the, one because they're idiots the biggest concern i have is that if they don't move gustafson at the deadline he's going to play over the last month or two and take up ice time from guys like kalanuk or mitchell or galvis or whoever should be up at the nhl level playing kalanuk that's the part they've been playing all year yeah exactly although i think it does seem like with rockford at uh threatening or rockford in the middle of a playoff chase it does seem like there's some belief by the indicated by the Hawks actions that they think it's more beneficial for those guys to be playing 18 to 20 minutes in the AHL in a playoff chase, than getting their asses kicked in Chicago every night, which I can't entirely argue with it. It's a fair point, but uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the season, I guess. Touche. Touche. The, uh, the, the other players that are in, uh, excuse me, easy for me to talk hashtag English again, as we were saying earlier, Mill. Uh, the players, <laughs> there's players on restricted free agents or expiring contracts that will be restricted free agents like Kirby Doc not going anywhere, Phil Kurashev not going anywhere, Caleb Jones is on an expiring contract and will be a restricted free agent. I feel like he please go somewhere. I, I, I'm I'm with you, Shay. I'm with you 100. percent But I also I think the reality of that is he's he's not going anywhere, and I I feel like I. Probably- I there's a chance Kyle Davidson isn't as into brotherly love as, you know, as Stan Bowman was. That's that's a fair point. Um, if if Kyle Davidson has his own uh, thoughts about that, like you know that that would certainly be one way to show that he is not the same person that Stan Bowman is. Is if he to try decides to trade Seth's little brother out of town. Um, well, it's not like Seth can go anywhere. So yeah, yeah. who cares? Yeah, 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 yeah. Seth, yeah, Seth's not going anywhere. Um, so that brings us to the last name on the list. And well, I should take it back. There are two players on this list. One of them is Kevin Lankinen. He's a backup goalie on an expiring contract. I don't think anyone wants uh, him right now. I imagine he will probably be back in Chicago next season on a cheap deal. Um, if someone like, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain the thought like Kevin Lankinen not going anywhere, right? No, no, no one's calling, calling for him. Um, so <laughs> There's teams that will need a young goaltender, and the people who are who are invested in Jonas Corposalo should should probably rather should probably really go for Kevin Lankinen. But I yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's one potential destination. But like, I I wouldn't think like a playoff level team is certainly not going to come calling for Kevin Lankinen because he hasn't proven to be like good enough in the regular season, let alone the postseason. Still young, still time to prove 
all of those caveats still apply, but I don't think he's a trade piece. The other name, though, that is just above him on the cap friendly page, and it's Mark Andre Fleury. And I think the obvious, uh, the obvious statement when Fleury comes up is he controls the situation entirely with his no movement clause. Uh, if he doesn't want to leave town, the Blackhawks are probably not going to, are almost certainly not going to trade him because uh, making doing anything that would uh, anger Mark Andre Fleury is a way to get a really good, a really bad reputation across the entire league because of how beloved Fleury is. My question is more about next season for the three of you. And we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Mill on this one. I'm not totally unconvinced that he wouldn't come back to Chicago next season on a, you know, three, $4 million. Well, maybe five. I don't know. I guess the cap hits, uh, sort of irrelevant as long as he's not asking for 10, but if Mark Andre Fleury is on the Blackhawks next season, like, is that such a bad thing? Any team that has him, it's a good thing for them. Uh, he's an outstanding goaltender. E- even at this part of his career, this age, he's kept the Hawks in games consistently. I mean, he's had a couple off nights here or there, but who wouldn't with this team? Um, and I, I, like you said, it just depends on what he wants. Like if it was what I thought should happen, I'd be like country roads, take me home to Pennsylvania and let's have, <laughs> let's have a last yeah. dance and get Phil Kessel back. And, you know, because that's oh, kind of where, where they're all at in their careers and Pittsburgh's just good enough to maybe win a couple of rounds. We'll see what they end up doing. However, it, I just think it depends on how much fun he's going to have playing on a team. That's not sh- surely a playoff team. And, if he just wants to play hockey and they're treating him well, and maybe his kids are happy here and his wife and all that. So it's really whatever he wants. Yeah. There's, there's certainly a lot more. uh, There's a lot of exterior circumstances with him that don't apply to a lot of other players. You mentioned the family situation, his reputation in the league because he's been around for so long. Uh, There's a lot more going on with Flurry situation than, than others. And not to, this isn't a joke, not to make the baseball comparison, but it's a lot of times like veteran pitchers when they don't want to get moved. Yeah. You know, they have a family life and they have a home and all mm-hmm. that. And they're like, I don't want to get traded halfway across the country. I'm just happy pitching. It's like, maybe that's where he's at. He has three Stanley cup rings and played in five finals. Like, damn. Yeah. He's, he's in his upper thirties. Like you're, I think most people are in a much different place in their late thirties than they were in their earlier mid twenties, or at least hopefully you are. Cause I, I think that's how life's supposed to work. At least that's what they tell me. Uh, Betsy, what about you? I, I got the, the question is like, if Mark Andre Fleury were, we're uh, if he doesn't move at the deadline and ba- is back with the Hawks next season, what is, what is that? What does that thought do to your, to your thoughts? I guess that's a great question. I would love Mark Andre Fleury to come back. Um, not only because I think he's good for the locker room, but he could help. I'm hoping the team next year is younger, um, that they have more uh, of their own prospects up, even if they're not, you know, we don't have a very, the Blackhawks don't have a very deep prospect pool, but I'd still like to see more of them in the NHL setting just to see what they've got. Flurry can help them win a little bit because you don't want to bring them up into a completely loser mentality set culture or whatever catchphrases you want to use about it. And on top of that, I think he's good for Lincoln. In. Um, I don't think Soda Bloom's going to be ready. Soda Bloom, I was saying, is not going to be ready next year. He's doing very well in the AHL. And I think they should let him stay there for a little bit longer because they haven't had a goalie prospect 
as good as him. And Lankanen showed showed flashes too, but I think Soderblom is a little bit better. Um, so let him marinate more. They haven't had a goalie do that since Corey Crawford. So, you know, let that happen. Lankanen can be tested and stay the backup, maybe make the splits a little bit more even. Um, so Lincoln isn't riding the pine so much, but I think he's a great mentor. It's what I wanted for Corey Crawford. I really wanted them to sign him as their vet backup for like two years on the cheap, just to be a mentor and keep the room, you know, good, but Flurry's awesome. I love him. Totally. <laughs> would like uh, him back. He's just a good guy and a good player. And, and to your Corey Crawford comparison, uh, with, a, a related to Arvid Soderblom, like keep in mind that Corey Crawford's first two NHL games were in the 05-06 season and then his first three starts came during the 07-08 season he did not become the full-time goalie until the 2010-2011 season so that's like like he made his debut in 05-06 and then it was six seasons later when he became the full-time guy so if you apply you know, for Soderblom, like you're looking at like 2025 before you would give him the starting role. Not saying they're going to follow the same trajectory, but that's an idea of how long those paths. There's a lot of young goalies out there right now, but most of them were like top round picks, Mm -hmm. you know, like Vasilevsky being one of them. Shesterkin, Sorokin, (laughs) Samsonov. Those first two names I cannot say without the the, the young goalies that are breaking in because a lot of people are thinking, hey, they should break, you know, oh, he's 22. That's about the age. No, he's that he's not that pedigree. He could be as good if they develop him properly. I don't know about as good, but a good goalie if they could develop him properly. And that's that's at least more in the line of a Corey Crawford type than. So just be patient. And then Camesso is coming up too. So, but he's going to be in college for probably at least another season anyway. So just chill. Shay, what, what are your thoughts about Marc-Andre Fleury potentially not going anywhere? You, you know who doesn't want Marc-Andre Fleury back? The person who wants to tear it all down. Because <laughs> uh, if, if Kyle Davidson is serious and I actually understand that this team needs to rebuild, you can't let a goalie play you out of a really good lottery position. I'd rather Connor Bedard going forward than Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, and it is possible for a goaltender to screw you out of a good lottery pick. Look at, again, the New Jersey Devils and Corey Schneider a few years ago. Like, it is possible to for a goaltender to stand on their head for a season. And that's something Marc-Andre Fleury would do. Having full understanding of who Marc-Andre Fleury is, even at this advanced point in his, his, his uh, career. I, I am a Vegas Golden Knights fan. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I would love for Marc-Andre Fleury to return to the Golden Knights on a cheap deal. We need like, we need him. <laughs> hey, you're, not, you're not allowed not to advocate guy. for Vegas on this podcast. That's not allowed. But, <laughs> like, uh, like, Chicago needs to actually rebuild and be bad for a little while. And well, Fleury, all right. would, what if, like, one of the very few things that could stop them from being bad is Marc-Andre Fleury, in, this, especially in combination with Patrick Kane. And, and this is where I, I get – this, like, gets into the whole philosophy behind rebuilds and all this. Why do they have to be bad? Because you need to get your give yourself as sure a fire a shot at the at the at a top three pick as you possibly can. Do, like I see that that's where I that's the part that I struggle to get my mind around because think like, about how bad the what Chicago White Sox were for for so many years and think about what that did and how like we actually have a chance now if we okay. if baseball it, it happens again. But my like, my the, my counter to that is you have like a lot of the players who are going to be here at the end of whatever this rebuild is 
are already here. And like next season, there could be even more of them here. So if you're going to be bad with all of these players who are going to be around here, that seems bad to me. Well, that you're all, you're all, you're all, the problem is you're already bad with those players. This year, you're just not purposefully being bad. And like, yeah, it's like the, did Buffalo oh. screw themselves a little bit? Yeah, and so does Edmonton. But like you, you need you need to actually get your, give yourself as many like picks as possible. And like again, as Betsy has said in the past, picks fall off dramatically uh, as the draft goes on. You want those top top like those top top picks. Yeah, Betsy, the problem. I was gonna say the probability. I was literally about to make that point. The probability, the drop off. I totally understand Shay's point. They're right that trying to get that probability chance is like great. There's always the option that they are going to find people. Like if the Blackhawks had picked in the same, like their the spot they were supposed to in 2019, instead of jumping top three, they would have Boldy who looks really solid mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's just, I my, you go back and forth. You, you really want the top picks, but you also do not want the kids, the the players that are here to be like in a completely down spiral losing kind of situation either. So they've got to balance that. I personally don't think flurry is going to get them outside the bottom 10 next year. If the only veterans that stick around are the ones that have to, you know, the Kane mm-hmm. caves, um, McCabe Murphy and Jones. Seth Jones. Um, if those five guys stick around plus Flurry, I don't think even those guys can overcompensate. Um, and then throw in Dubrinket. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. They're in the lower what of, what are they in now? Like, even if they, uh, even if they were a 500 club, um, which they've been less than under. Um, under King. Uh, under King, they would still be. Third. 2020 and six under King, which is exactly. Well, no, well, that's, that depends on how you look at it. Like, cause I think like the way I've always looked at it is you add the last two numbers. Cause those are both losses. So they're 20 and 26, not 20 and 20 and six. Based on, of point percentage. Yeah. Based yeah. on point, he, she's right. Based on point percentage, based on if you're looking at where standings are um, this season, that would still put them at like 23rd, yeah. um, which is exactly in line where JC had them the last bazillion seasons that he shouldn't have been coach. Um, so, I mean, it's just a balancing act. Uh, I just, I would rather have the mentor ship of it than necessarily getting a top who are, who even are the top in 20. I haven't looked that far ahead. Better. <laughs> Connor Connor I do not think they were going to get first. I don't think they have. And, the- and, uh, and, uh, the, the Russian, um, uh, no, I'm not going to lie. I don't think there's anything that they can do if Kane is still on the team for them to be, if Kane and Dubrinkit are on the team, I don't think that they're. Well, yeah, I mean, here's, there's a chance. There's a chance after the after the draft, that there's only one of those two on the team though. Here, here's, here's how I would, well, I guess it, it again, I, I think the word rebuild, I'm, I'm starting to really hate that word because it covers a lot of ground and it doesn't really, um, it, it like for me, a rebuild is what the white Sox did. Everything, everything must go, you know, which yeah. means if the Blackhawks are going to do like the true full on rebuild as I view the word rebuild, you're trading Taves, you're trading Kane, you're trying to trade Seth Jones if you can, you're trading to bring it, you probably trade Angle, blow up everything. And if the Blackhawks are going to do that, 
then yeah, be bad next year. Don't bring Mark Andre Fleury back. But I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think you're going to find a buyer for Seth Jones or uh, you're not going to find anyone to take on the term of Seth Jones. Uh, you're not going to find anyone that's going to take on 10, 5 million a tase right now. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't think the Hawks want to trade to because I think they view him as a still a long-term viable option. So that's where I would, the compromise I would offer you Shay is that, I don't think the Hawks are going the full rebuild route, which is why I don't want them to be bad next year because the players who are going to be here uh, need to learn how to be good instead of just I being mean, bad for the sake well, of draft picks. I have a question because Anaheim, they're in a rebuild, but they didn't, they only got rid of one of their two big stars, for example. You know what I was, I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking at Anaheim kind of thinking like that's kind of the path I could see the Hawks on is like, you bring up some of the young guys, you hope maybe Lucas Reichel does Trevor Zegers things. That'd be really cool. I don't think they're the same type of player, so I wouldn't go that far, but uh, it would be cool if that happened. Uh, but, but either way, like, like start getting your, your younger players up and, you know, Ryan gets still on the team and, and, you know, Play, and Patrick play. Kane is way better than Getzlav. Yes, but they he is. Gets because he's, he's essentially mentoring all the guys. Mm-hmm. Zegris has talked about how great it is to have someone like Getzlav on the, on the team. And I mean, I, I don't always agree with Lazarus and stuff, but he had a good point in one of his articles about how, when Caves and Kane came up. They had the right players to mentor them into who they they are. Yeah, I think um, same, like so. Marty Lapointe, I think, was the big one for Taze, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I, and you got to play with with Hosa a lot, you know, like yeah. at a certain point. And, I was know. thinking like back in 07 when they first yeah. came up. Marty Lapointe might be off the mark. He might have been gone by then. Oh, he, he was there. That. He was there in 07, 08. Okay, thank you, Mel. Because he, because they, that's when they alternated A's. Remember? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm glad you. I, I figured you, you've. Uh, I, I think you would know of all people. Because I have a Taves jersey with an A in the words patch. That's a, <laughs> that okay, was the well. year we were all like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. another guy for for Taves just to throw it out there was uh, oh, what uh, Rob Lang was on that team. Remember? Yeah, there you go, there you go. But yeah, I, I, I go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think Eichel like you would not bring up Eichel. Not Eichel. Why am I saying that? Reichel. Um, <laughs> the Blackhawks got Jack Eichel? I wish. Like, he wouldn't bring him up if Kane was gone. Like, yeah. who's who's he learning from? He would mm-hmm. be surrounded by nothing. And he's too good for the AHL um, at this point. Like, okay. that's just... <laughs> I think he's pretty much done. Like, this will be his one AHL season. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I, I think with with the trade deadline, we'll start getting a feel for where this team is heading with Kyle Davidson now in charge, uh, whether it is the the full-on rebuild that uh, has been potentially floated for a while, or it's more of a uh, try and try and piece something together out of what you got, uh, what they have right now, and go forward and see if something cool happens. I don't know. Maybe, maybe hire a good head. Like I, I know I've talked about this before on this podcast, but like I just would like to see some of these guys on the cur- the Blackhawks are the present in the last few seasons with a, at least replacement level NHL coach. Cause I don't think they've had that yet in their careers. And I just would like to see that and see what happens with that team. And maybe Mark Andre Fleur is that goalie. And then if it, that doesn't work in next season, burn the house down. 
And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> All right. Well, any any other thoughts before we uh, we turn to some food things as the best hockey theme or food themed hockey podcast on the internet? Um, I was just going to say people warning people. Kane's name is going to come up like that's Oh, just- yeah. That that the Colorado Avalanche thing that came up of like the the Colorado checked in on Patrick Kane. Well, of course they fucking did. Would, yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. And then yeah. every rumor site ran with it, which made it seem like it was a bigger deal. But it was literally so a bunch of teams have reached out to the Blackhawks to say, if he's available, you know, reach it back out to us. And the abs happened to be one of them. And people freaked out a little bit, both on the Internet and even in on um, Second City. And it was like, don't take yeah. it to be more than it yeah. was. Folks, like this is this is that time of year. Uh, check the if you if you're on Twitter, uh, check you know you probably should look for the blue check mark. Make sure names aren't just spelled wrong because you're getting a, a, a goofy spelling for a parody account. Make sure that Elliot Friedman's name is spelled right on the Twitter name of the person you're retweeting because it's an easy name to misspell as a parody account. So just just stay on top of your game, folks. Like this is gonna be, you know, next week and a half. This is when when things get weird in the hockey world and people try to be jackasses and spread and make fake trades up and, uh, yeah. Just 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 don't don't be that guy. That's that's my request for everyone listening to this or girl or person whatever. Don't don't be that person. There you go. And Patrick Kane is not going anywhere unless Patrick Kane wants to go somewhere. And Patrick Kane currently doesn't want to go anywhere. Apparently, and, and he he sounds like he doesn't want to go anywhere. Period. Like not not just this trade deadline, but the next trade deadline and next yeah. summer. Uh, he yeah. seems pretty content in Chicago. We'll yeah, see. Made, we'll see if that changes. That, but he made that comment about oh, it could be a business. So I guess if like the Blackhawks came and were like sold it as this is going to be better for the team, he might do it. But he seems to want to be a Blackhawk for life. Yeah. So we'll, well, yeah, we'll, and, and we'll have plenty of time. I mean, as soon as this season ends, like, like once like the Stanley cup ends, as soon as uh, Taves and Kane are eligible for the uh, contract extension, uh, whenever that it's sometime over the summer, I forget exactly when that is, but uh, starting on that day, we can start having the where Kane and Taves going at the trade deadline conversation, but we uh, we'll, we'll do that then. Cause we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, but right now, Let's uh, let's change courses a little bit because uh, I understand Shay has a food take for us to argue about. So Shay, the floor is yours. The best fast fast food burger is at Wendy's, and the best fast food burger is at Five Guys. What did you call Five Guys? Fast, food. fast with one word, and then fast. fast. So fast oh. fast casual. The, fa- okay. the best fast casual. Is is Five Guys the best fast fast food? I agree that Five Guys is. I I'm not sure. I agree with you on Five Guys. I I don't think Five Guys is that good. I think Five Guys is wildly overrated, and it's only because of the amount of fries that they throw at you. Mm. Which the, the customization, have... the customization ability, the uh, I mean, the, the the widespread like. The best ava- the best ability is availability, and Five Guys is very <laughs> yeah. available. Shake Shack is not, and Shake Shack Shake Shack is much more expensive. It's and not, then it's let's, also not let's as discuss this. Let's Shake Shack this, isn't available in as many places, so I, I don't have a good read on that. Yeah. But go on, sorry. In and out. I've lived in California. Straight trash. In and out is trash. You know I had In and Out in Arizona. I'm like, oh, this is what people make a big deal about. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not going back out to California. And it's also it's also the Chick-fil-A of burgers. 
Okay. It, yeah. It is not good. Uh, and then uh, Whataburger what about, I was is not say, Whataburger. everywhere. Yeah. Whataburger is good. Whataburger is um, another one that's like, I didn't think it was anything extravagant. I did like it, yeah. it, was, it got the job done, but you know, I'll put it's it on also, my I'll put it on my third line. It's not going in my top six. Right. It's best it's best sandwich is also a breakfast sandwich. It's the Ooh, chicken okay. butter honey. It's the butter yeah, it's the chicken Man, butter there honey. There are no bad the words morning. there. Ooh. No. But it's I, not their burger. I don't like Wendy's burgers that much. I it's fine. They have the bacon one, right? Like the bacon. The baconator, yes. Um, which I uh, made a very poor decision of having that at a airport once, not tummy friendly. Um, when <laughs> oh no, absolutely line. not. That's a real bad idea. Uh, it was the, it was the shortest line. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I, I think, I think Burger King makes the best burgers. I was going to say, fast, I, fast food. I, I, they have Go a ahead. good grill, grilled taste to them. Yeah, I, I really think they are criminally underrated in, in the fast fast food game. Okay. I think they're the, way better than McDonald's. Yes. The, the, the problem with Burger King is also the fries. Yeah, the, the fries aren't great, but like if we're just talking burgers, I'm taking Burger King. I'm I'm that that they're going that's my number one center on the fast fast food area. Steak and Shake's fast fast food because I like their burgers. No, I think Steak and Shake you have to is closer to the. Fast I think Steak and Shake might might be fast casual. Yeah, they're okay. they're yeah they're in the Five Guys tier, and I would uh, see I, all Five Guys here. You have to get out to get. There's no drive through for them, and all Steak and Shakes have drive throughs. So. Yeah, but they also take as long as the go in to sit down one sometimes. At least the ones I've been to. Uh, I'm trying to think of other like the the fast casual like. It's it's uh it's a very local thing. It's and it's up in the Rockford area. But there's Beefaroo, which is fantastic. Uh, uh and they're I, I feel like they're a local ver uh, a local Culver's basically. Like I got a very strong Culver's vibe out of there. Culver's is another place that I think I would put over Five Guys for burgers. Do you guys have Fuddruckers? Uh, not anymore. Not they're, really. No. Yeah, they they used to be around here, but they're gone. Uh, Portillo's is good, but they like to burn their burgers. I've never had a Portillo's burger. I've always it's always I, I, like I if I go there with hot dogs like, or Italian beef. Yeah, there's like eight things on the menu that you should get before a Portillo's burger. Yeah. Um, are there are there any veggie options? So milk and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mel. What's 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 your power right yeah, now for veggie what, burgers? Yeah, give me give me your veggie burger uh, go tos. Um, me cooking at home is number one. <laughs> how then, how fast is that? Is that fast fast or just fast? I, I mean, so like for me, fast, fast is like not seasoning it <laughs> and marinating it all day. <laughs> all right. Um, well, yeah, that's Burger, like Burger King's Whopper. They're like an impossible one. It tastes pretty damn close to a real Whopper. Um, and I like to have that occasionally. But we're in Crown Point where I live. The, the Burger King burned down like last uh, <laughs> last summer. <laughs> So oh. I could go out to Valpo, but I, I sometimes have Burger King on the road, like an impossible Whopper, because they have them at all like the rest stops and, and stuff going to Pittsburgh and like out east. Um, but more places need to get them, I think. Yeah, so I can talk about it. I, I think the main thing we've uh, the main thing I'm taking away from this is that Burger King is the, the burger I, goat. So I, I've had I've had all the ones you guys have talked about. And I would probably say like if this probably doesn't count because it's not like uh national, but Shoops was like my favorite casual fast yeah, food burger. That's a very uh home baseball type of thing because that's uh that's strictly northwest Indiana thing. Well, it's like a smash and it's crispy. It's yeah, like and I there's a place 
Uh, I forget what neighborhood in Chicago it's in. It's it's far. It might be Lincoln Park. It may be Logan Square. It's one one of the places somewhere like that. Like it's it's north of the Loop is all I can. And that's a lot of neighborhoods. But they called it Region, and they just basically took the idea of Shoops Burgers and took it to Chicago because I respect the name Northwest Indiana. So um, it's very it's very similar to Steak and Shake style of burgers with just a very flat uh, patty. That's a very large patty that's very thin. To me, I think like. I don't. I never like argued though. Like when I was eating, I'm like Five Guys is fine. Uh, like five or it's good, you know. Uh, In and Out's fine. Like sometimes it's gonna be better than others depending on who makes it and if they <laughs> give a shit or not. But like, I, I I think like fast food is fast food, and uh, the only I mean I don't know. I used to like the Wendy's one. Yeah, I, I don't think Wendy's is bad. I just don't think their burgers are as good as Burger King. I was so if I was ranking fast fast because do you think Checkers is fast fast? Oh yeah, oh I can love Checkers. So Burger King and and Rallies is I forgot about like Checkers and Rallies. I feel like they're interchangeable. They might be the same people. And then if you're if you're basing it more on like the whole experience, Checkers fries are far superior to Burger King. So that gives it. Well, I think I think the original. I think the original take was strictly burger related. Okay, then Burger Burger, then like Burger King, then Checkers. yeah. Yeah. That's a, whew. but I don't, I, mean, I, I still don't like the Wendy's that much. I'll be honest with you guys. I've never had a fast food burger where I was like, sometimes you're disappointed, but I was like, Oh, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> like they're usually like, okay. At least. Um, the only time I've ever remember being grossed out by hamburgers is like in school when they give you school lunch and it's like terrible. <laughs> it's like not real beef, but it's not a veggie burger. It's like some kind of other meat. I once got um, a cheeseburger from McDonald's that, didn't have the burger part in it. It was just bread and cheese. Oh, but that's a grilled cheese. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was definitely not grilled. So oh, man. I wish. Oh, it did. It had onions too, which I thought was weird. Oh. This oh, no. was around, if this was around the horn, we'd have to award shape points for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny and true. Uh, I wish it had so been grilled cheese is supposed to have onions, though. So that's, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah there's little weird. little gross ones that take forever to. Not only did I order obviously a burger, but I ordered it without onions. So that's the reason I remember it. <laughs> it didn't have pickles though. I feel I like I had to loop back around and be like, "I not having this." I feel like uh, that was a former Popeyes employee that did that to you, <laughs> where they just can't ever get your order right. Hey. Don't disrespect wow. the best chicken in the game. Like I'm not that. disrespecting their hey. product. Hey. I'm I'm disrespecting the fact, or I'm just stating the fact that every time I used to go there, they would put give me the wrong order. That's true. I think of every Popeyes that happens yeah. every single time. It's always my mom's order too. So I'm like, yeah, you just have bad luck. All right. Well, I I, I want to leave it at the grilled cheese though, because that's still one of my favorite <laughs> things that's ever happened on this podcast. So I think we're gonna wrap it up right here for this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, thanks everyone for hanging out and listening. Um, Shay's on Twitter at Shepherd Price. Mill is at Mill One Eighty Two. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. I'm at DML57. Uh, we're not going to have a show next week because uh, I, I think I told you guys I'm going out of town. I haven't told you where. I'm going to go be a soccer hooligan in England for a week. So uh, <gasps> oh, I'm, 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 I'm more excited than I've been for a vacation in a very long time. Um, I, so I don't want to go into it here because I could talk for the next hour about it. But that's why we're not going to have a show next week. I'll come back on trade deadline day fighting jet lags. Uh, fighting jet lags. 
jet lag. Easy for me to say. Um, so I guess the best thing I could tell you is come back next week and find out if I'm talking with a British accent or not. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Thanks again for listening. Thanks everyone for hanging out tonight. And we will talk to you in two weeks. I